welcome to Turn the Page, the official podcast of the Syosset Public Library. Libraries Turn the Page podcast, and I am here with the author of by far one of my favorite books of the summer. Uh, I definitely judged this book by the cover when I saw it. It was I'm like, oh, that's really beautiful. And then um, I had to read it, and I read it, and it's got a blurb by Carolyn Kepneys, like of the U series, which is a pretty good blur because uh, she's a pretty great writer. Um, so um, I'm not going to talk anymore about you. I'm going to let you introduce yourself and talk about Kismet. Hi, everyone. I'm Amina Akhtar. I'm the author of Kismet, which has just come out recently. Um, and it's a very fun, murdery, crazy look at the wellness world of Sedona. Do you live in Sedona? I live about 20 miles away. So oh. I I moved out there from New York. I'm a former New Yorker uh, to be with my dad because my mom had passed and my dad, you know, he's, he's almost 90 and he was by himself. So I was like, all right, packed up my dog, <laughs> my books and headed out there. And I thought it would be for six months and it's been almost six years um and yeah you can you know see the red rocks from our house it's beautiful different but beautiful I would like to one day go out there and it's funny because right when I finished this book uh, I was talking to a friend of mine about I forget exactly how we got into the conversation and she started telling me about Sedona and how new agey it is and I said yeah I just read a book where like that new agey thing was a little bit more dystopian than like or not even like a uh, uh, dystopian just more like um not as uh hippy dippy happy you know patchouli as um you're describing it and really what i like about this book is it's so good because you have so much going on in it uh so it's the story of ronnie who um she also lost her mother um when she was a child and she was raised by her aunt who was just horrible horrible <laughs> horrible um and it's almost like you know what you would what what you know like we'd say is a cinderella story mm -hmm. I and mean, she looked at Ronnie and was just like, well, now I have a servant now that I'm in care yes. of this child. And it was just horrible. Um, so Ronnie really wants to come out of this. And she finds Marley, who is kind of like a life coach, but Marley has her eyes set on being like some big influencer. Because... She wants to be Gwyneth yeah. Paltrow, basically, and oh, have yes. the next goop. Yeah, for sure. She's not really about helping people. She wants the fame, you know, yes. she wants the followers. Yes, exactly. And yeah. Ronnie really needs to, uh, you know, she needs a lot of like um, soul medicine, for lack of a better phrase. She um, needs to empower yeah. herself. She does, um, yes. She's a, I, I, when I was writing Ronnie, I was like, she's a bit, I call her sad Ronnie. She's a bit of a doormat at the beginning. Um, I kind of took a lot of, you know, in, in, in this culture, there's a lot of, of 
put the kids to work a little bit. You know, it's changed, obviously. But when we were, when I was little, this is what it was. And um, we definitely have the aunties who are, they're cruel in their love. <laughs> Let's put it that way. They love you, but they're not like, you know, I definitely have an aunt who will poke my stomach and be like, you need to lose weight, you know? And that's the greeting you get, you know? And you're just like, oh my God. So I wanted the ant to be reflective of that. Um, and also it was like, how do I make this person, Ronnie, so beat down that she would glom on to a would-be guru? So I was trying to figure out her backstory that would make somebody want to do that. Right. So, okay. So there's a lot going on in this book that I love. And <laughs> so you're talking about the, so there were aunties that, you know, they were talking behind her yeah. back and, you know, but like the, the, the auntie who brought her up, seems like cruel in her cruelty i don't know yeah i, I mean i i i have to i feel like the disclaimer is my aunts are lovely nice people but i definitely when you're growing up it was like what if the aunties say this about you and they say xyz or they gossip about you and then you get in trouble even if you've done nothing wrong so it was definitely a thing to keep them happy and and have them uh like you so I really, but I, I took it to like the nth degree with, with Ronnie's aunt you know, oh, and yeah. her friends. No, that was, you know, and like, because I was reading it at first and I'm like, does it get any better? Like, is there like <laughs> love in here? You know, it's like, yeah. Well, there's self-love. I feel like yeah. Ronnie's journey, you know, she ends up yes. figuring out who she is um separate from people and I think that is key for her but she has yeah. to go on a wild ride to get there so Marley as we were saying uh you know she is your um you know white girl new agey uh crystals 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 crystals, mm -hmm. crystals. buy more crystals um yep you know now you're way into wellness yeah mm -hmm. uh and you know it, it's like you get there and you start he like the the um the ravens are talking and that's like a whole other part to this story is the wildlife has a voice um and you're not quite sure who they're talking about exactly at a certain time you you get to figure it out um you feel like ronnie is tuned in more mm -hmm. than the people who claim that they know all about wellness yeah. and healing. Well, you know, when I moved crazy. out there, yeah. I, you know, I moved from New York, you know, where I was an editor for 20 years. So I'm out in, and I see wildlife more than humans. You know, we've got these huge ravens that are larger than my dog and they're all over the place. They're beautiful. We've got coyotes and javelinas and bobcats and Okay, tell me about javelinas because uh, they come up in your story, and I do follow you on social media. So and you I see them. What is a javelina? It is related to a pig, but it is not quite a pig. Imagine really mean, kind of like a wild boar that uh, basically only lives in Arizona, and they will attack you and they will try to kill your dog. They're not pleasant animals. So. I every day I always joke that my yard is like the animal expressway because they literally every animal throughout the day just walks right across it. And, you know, you can see them from the windows. I've been surprised by javelinas with my dog out before. And that's always a fun moment to run away as fast as you can. 
Um, but I had never even heard of them until I moved out there. And then I'm like, what is that? Why is there this pig animal out there? Um, they're scary. And they have these tusks and they're kind of blind. And oh my God. That's a, yes. what is it? 30 to 50 feral hogs. 30 to 50 feral hogs. I'm that person. I got the 30 to 50 wild Cavalitas. Um, so, yeah. you know, being in this wild place and one of the reasons people go out to Sedona and, and to Arizona in general is because the wildlife and nature is just so beautiful. So I wanted, um, and also living there, I, I felt like you're more cognizant of how human activity can affect the animals and, and like, you know, new houses are going up, the animals are losing their land and places to live in their habitats. So I wanted really to give them that voice. Um, and so I was walking on my driveway one day and I was trying to figure out how am I going to do that? How do I, how do I, besides saying, Oh, look at the animals. How am I supposed to do this? And one of the Ravens dropped a huge feather at my feet. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take this as a sign. I maybe took it as a literal sign and literally put it in the book. And that's how the Ravens came to be. I was like, I'm going to give them, um, they can be my Greek chorus where they can be like, this is terrible. Look what the humans are doing. We need someone to help us. Uh, and, and that's how the Ravens came. They're awesome. I really, it just, there's so much in this book that just, really was so effective and it was creepy and it was suspenseful um so yeah ronnie uh moves out to sedona with marley uh in search of empowerment and you know healing um but immediately marley just wants to find the cool crowd so she yeah can, and ronnie yeah. ends up becoming almost the same servant role yeah. she had with her aunt yeah so basically marley becomes the new aunt and they're out hiking at the beginning of the book and they stumble over a dead body or body parts it's not the full body and that's when you realize all is not right in wellness town you know and we find we come to find out somebody is murdering the healer not really the healers but the people who are scamming people and pretending to be healers and they're being killed off and we have to figure out who it is so that's a good question though like with the whole idea of you know healers and, uh, and I know that this is like, this is a whole industry. Um, Billion the, dollar industry. The people who, the scammers, do they actually believe that they're healing people? I think not. I yeah. think, look, I, I, I believe that are there people who are legitimately into it for healing? Yes, absolutely. I didn't want them to be the ones who are getting killed because you know what? That's cool. Do your thing. I wanted it to be the people who are after money, after fame, not in it to help people. Um, you know, just want to see the next mark and let's, let's see what we can get out of them. That type of person. I mean, that's cause that's really, that's really just nuts. And, you know, you do see it everywhere. Um, and, you know, it's actually, it's, it's funny in a way, but not really funny. I read a book last year called cultish, which talks mm -hmm. about the language of fanaticism. And there mm -hmm. are people who claim to be helpful who I've never even heard of. And now I'm like horrified that I know that they exist. Like I yeah. was happier knowing, mm -hmm. not knowing that certain people exist. And I'm not going to say their names because I don't <laughs> want any of their followers to the blowback. Yeah. Yell at me, but let, let's just say there are, you know, it, it's really, it's a really nutty industry. Um, and it what is. I think though, is you do have, you know, as you mentioned, so, Ronnie um, is um, she's Muslim and she's brown in this town that's very 
white and white. new agey. Um, and she has, you know, she's very tuned in, in ways that I think a lot of these quote unquote healers wish that they were, but you know, there's so much like fetishizing about who she is just because they look at her automatically. Like, I think at one point, like she's hurt and people just assume she's like being beaten or yeah. something like you know, wow. I have to say, nuts. living in that area, so my family is from Pakistan, yeah. also Muslim, and we're first of all one of the few brown people ever I see. Like, there's rarely, and which it's Arizona, so you're thinking it's going to be diverse, not in this area. And people I meet are really into India; they love it. And then the second you say you're from Pakistan and and that you're you're Muslim, they're like, oh. that's not that's not the that's not what they're looking no but at the same time they'll have like you know wellness accounts on twitter or on instagram that's all about rumi and then then you point out well you know rumi's muslim and he's writing about god and they're like no he's not (laughs) no really please google who he is um so it's and it's not just a sedona thing that i feel like is wellness across the board you know because like coming from the fashion industry I met so many wellness people before I even moved out there um, that were like this. So it's more of a, it's, it's a broader wellness thing as opposed to this just happens in Sedona, you know, it's, it's all over that. that oh, with, without a doubt. I mean, you know, yeah. I was, um, you know, uh, a teenager in the nineties. Uh, yeah. And there were, yeah. Jenna. So, you know, you go around to some of these, um, you know, and I have to say off the bat, like, crystal shops are kind of a guilty pleasure for me I have such a hard time not going into them look I love shiny things a shiny rock yes a diamond or quartz I like them do I think that they imbue my life with any kind of extra special force no but I think they're pretty sure and if 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 they make you happy great but yeah I, I feel like we've come to the point in wellness where it's Oh, buy this one more thing. You need to buy one more thing to be well. Buy this thing, sure. and yeah, this yeah, thing yeah. as that, opposed yeah. to actually healing yourself and your traumas. You know, and, yeah. yeah. And one thing that, you know, really now I kind of look back on it and I'm like, ouch. And I think it's still there is, you know, I remember very distinctly going into some of these shops um, near my house, uh, you know, a few towns away. And there's like a, there was a big fetishism of Native Americans. Yes. And, you know, just all like, all of these images of these, you know, Native Americans, the headdress in light, state. and yes. you know, like nobody who worked in the store was Native American or knew anything really. You know, I than, always say yeah. that this book could have been told by an Indigenous author because instead of having South Asian fetishization, it would have been indigenous because it's very similar. It's, it's, um, you know, it, well, that's not my point of view. Like I, I couldn't write that story. I wanted to write from ours, but like, you know, the fact that people are using sage so much that sage is becoming endangered and harder for people to buy when it's their own spiritual rights. So I think that there's a lot that we as consumers have to look at and what our impact is on the cultures that we're, we're borrowing from. Yes, yes. Um, and, you know, like, so Ronnie does find a bit of refuge with um, Brit and Star, who are the twins who run a big crystal shop. And it's like, everybody kind of wants to get in good with them, especially Marley. Uh, and they, you know, they're still problematic. That's very important to mention. They do they, take Ronnie They're like, in. we're shamans. We're 
we're mixed back in the way, you know, the yeah. way people are always like, oh yeah, I definitely am part native by one one hundredth percent, you know, and you're just right, like, right. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I actually based them. I met a shaman named Brittany. She was a friend of a friend, and she came to my house. They were we were all hanging out, and she's a nice person. Whatever. I hadn't met people in Sedona yet, so it was fine. You know, I needed friends, and she starts talking about how Trump made the chemtrails go away, and I just I didn't know what to do about that. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I don't think we're gonna be friends because <laughs> that's. Yeah. So it's a, it's very like it, the area is very new agey crystals, but we love Trump and have guns and don't necessarily want brown people. So it's a very peculiar yeah. world in that way. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, I, I got that from, from the book. Um, and I just like, you know, really there's just, I know we're, we're talking a lot about the, um, the, the shysters and, mm -hmm. you know, just, uh, the, the culture of the quote unquote healing culture right. and wellness culture. But what I have to say is this book is so suspenseful and there's so much that you are digging to find out, you know, there's layers upon layers of Ronnie's story. Um, you know, like there's a lot of cringe moments where people in the town interact yes. with Ronnie and you know, I like, love cringe moments. <laughs> too. But you know, like Brit and Star, they they try. They they're yeah, very they well intentioned. Yes. But they, they don't like the whole picture, you know, we don't even know the whole picture. And right. honestly, there's other things going on in their past that Ronnie doesn't know. And with this serial killer that seems to be killing the influencers and the shysters, whatever you call them, um, they it, everything just kind of comes on this collision course and you're not really sure where it's going to end. But Until it, the it's end. <laughs> such a good book. Thank it is you. so good. And I think whether, you know, I, I, I love, that um, Ronnie is, um, you know, introducing, uh, you know, Desi culture in this way mm -hmm. and putting it side by side against this other, which really is, you know, a lot of appropriation and also yeah. a lot well, of- it's sort of like, my sister was telling me how one of her white neighbors was explaining henna to her. And she was like, you you do know that that's our we do that okay yeah yeah okay so there's that always been these moments you where mean people Madonna like, didn't invent henna in the Gwen Stefani <laughs> oh, Gwen Stefani talk about people whose music I really do enjoy but yeah no like, look I love her back, and I'm but just listen. like oh Thanks oh, for being cringe. off, lady. So much yeah. cringe. <laughs> it's very cringy, and and also like in the nineties and the two thousands, appropriation was rampant it was just a thing you know you just had it. so all the things that we used to get made fun of at school was now chic and cool and it was like oh this is uncomfortable and weird like I you don't even know how to react to that to be honest so I do think that um where we are now as a society talking about appropriation is so much better than we used to be because at least we're cognizant of it or at least we're you know being like hey this happens yeah, no, I I think so. And it's it's one of those things, again, that sort of comes with 
learning. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, learning, but, talking yeah. to other people, different cultures, and embracing them without trying to be them. Yeah. Or, or, or pull parts of them, you know, into our own lives. Right. Right. Yeah. So really, again, this book was great. Um, I just, I, I just loved it. Uh, is this your, this is your first, this is your no, it's my second. It's this my second. second. My debut was a uh, hashtag fashion victim, which was set in the fashion industry. And it, it's basically devil wears Prada meets American psycho. So um, I basically wanted to write a book where a fashion editor is just, and this is not a spoiler, like, you know, right away, she's a killer, that she's a serial killer and you're in her head, it's her point of view, and she's just murdering people who get in her way and it's ridiculous and campy and and over the top and hilarious. Well, now I have to read that. <laughs> so are you writing something now? Yeah, uh, so my yeah. next book is diving into the folklore and superstition of my family so my father's family sufi and we have a lot of jinn stories you know um i always feel like as jinn j-i-n-n not yes. g-i-n the alcohol right um, right right I, yeah. it, my, my mouth just opened in glee no, yeah so when we release these but like i made a very happy Yay. jaw drop when you said that yeah. So my dad is always, uh, he grew up with gin in his house, he says. And so I don't know if he, like, I find that every Pakistani person I know believes in gin. I believe in them. I think they're, they're real. Um, you grow up, uh, those were my lullabies, you know, instead of being told something cute and sweet, I was talk, told about gin. So I wanted to have this story of this woman who's, it's going to be in New York, who, um, whose life is sort of falling apart. You know, she's getting attacked. Her mom has died. She got dumped by her fiance all these things are happening and she's this very assimilated, very pro-science, anti-religion, no spirituality type of person. And you start to wonder, is she being haunted? Is this what's happening to her? And so it's, it's told in different timelines. It's told, it's told um, as things are happening to her, it's told from when she's five years old and her mother had her exercised because her mother thought she was possessed and uh, a true crime podcast two years later after she's disappeared as we try to figure out what's happened to her so it's it's interesting <laughs> i hope people like it it's definitely going to be less of a satire and more of a what is happening kind i of book. like those books yeah. um so when do you think we might be able to read that i think it's uh, tentatively slated for next may uh so i i that can change obviously because publishing schedules but like i'm you know working on the second round of edits now with my editor so it's it's gonna be turned in and done and by september so super i can't wait to read it and then i can take a nap and do nothing but read for the rest of the year that's <laughs> good yeah and then maybe next year start writing another one but you know i need a little break in between Excellent. Well, thank you so much for uh, writing Kismet. I have to go back now and read your first book. Um, I love and, that. Oh, my gosh. And I can't wait to read the next one. <laughs> thank you. Uh, yeah, The Disappearance of Dunya Ahmed. And my, the big yes. joke writing through it is that Dunya means like, um, it's like mankind, the world. But people call her Dunya, which means cilantro. So like, the whole joke yeah. is people just keep calling her cilantro and she's like fine that's not my name <laughs> thank you so much for joining us read thank you so it. much read it you read it you know i read it i read it like a million times so I read it. this book it is so good i just thank you 
cannot like stop thinking about it. Um, and we are going to close this chapter of Turn the Page. It's time to close this chapter of Turn the Page. Join us for the next episode.